Hey guys, Andres Gamboa here, creator and co-host of the Ponytails podcast. Nick Tiverti was off today, and I sat down with Andrew Williamson, a really, really good friend of mine from back in the day of selling books. Uh, we went over a lot of different stories, uh, both on and off the book field, where we had a lot of fun. Andrew is a very charismatic, very high energy, very extroverted person who just enjoys meeting new people. We talked about a lot of different things, especially some of the lessons that Andrew learned during his first summer and throughout his career, as well as the reason why he took a two-year sobriety. And so far on his birthday, which was the episode, uh, is now celebrating two years of non drinking which is fantastic a great mentality and a really fantastic human i hope you guys enjoy this one be sure to sign up for our youtube subscribe make sure you follow us on instagram Uh, give us a like on facebook follow us and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast listening app without further ado andrew williamson let's go here we go we're live (laughs) yeah that's right rock and roll rock and roll like our trip to st louis was that rock or was it country? No, that was that was country. We can tell that story. <laughs> well, that one's kind of wild. That's a escalation of force. That, that might be, if we start with that, that may be too high. But uh, if you're listening live, <laughs> hello, everyone. Uh, I'm your host, Andres Gambo. I'm live with Andrew Williamson, a good, good pal of mine from the good old days of selling books and just in life in general. Oh man, we got some stories to share with you guys. I am excited. Andrew sold, he was recruited out of Missouri, M-I-Z, Z-O-U. Um, seven summer bookman, 2012 through 15. Skipped the, you skipped the summer in there, or through 14, you skipped the summer in 15. Went back, did 16, 17, 18, and 19. Uh, and so, yeah, now you're going back to school. We can talk a little bit more about that and about your uh, time serving as well. But dude, first of all, thanks for being here so excited to have you on like this is going to be a fun a fun one for sure for sure how are you doing, brother, brother? Thanks for having me. yeah yeah man um so where are you you're coming out of through us to us from um right now you're currently in uh, warrensburg is that right i am in warrensburg missouri yep 45 nice. minutes east of casey east of casey yep misery is what i like to say <laughs> i lived in missouri it was a good time good people <laughs> Yeah, I miss you living in the same town as me. Dude, we had a good time. We had a good time while we were there, so for sure. Um, so yeah, man, so let's uh, let's jump in. I mean, I really would like to just hop into um, the story of how you first started out getting into Southwestern and into this crazy internship that we did. Um, tell me about it. Who who was Andrew Williamson when someone bumped into you? How did you hear about it? What, what happened? Yeah, so, oh man, as, as much as I'd hate to start out with a cliche, I'm going to. I was a big fish in a small pond, I guess, and then went to a uh, small fish in a big pond at Mizzou. Um, so I started in a spring semester, so everything was already a blur. And I was very cheesy. I, I think I had bang, like I had, I spiked my hair, but I had like bangs too. Like I, fashion was not my thing, but I thought it was legit. Um, so I started my business management major there at Mizzou, and I remember I was in management 101, and they gave us this little, uh, little packet, management 101. It wasn't even a book you had to, like, return. It was just paper, and so it was a little tiny packet, but I thought it was, like, you know, a management book. I was really a business guy now, so I 
I remember taking selfies in my suit, holding my little paper packet and I was real big time. Right. So, <laughs> um, I actually ran into a, a childhood friend and who also sold books with Andres and I, you, I guess our first summer, uh, Jake Manaska, who his older yeah. brother also sold books for four summers, uh, Jimmy, and Jimmy's a stud, man. And so is Jake. Um, we're like best bros. But if you guys, I don't know if they still print it, but for the longest time in the Selling 101 books, um, there's a section on bicycle safety. And there's a little happy guy on there on a bike. Looked like he'd be ringing his little bell. And, you know, he had his hat and shirt just perfect. And uh, that was Jimmy. So if you guys have any old Selling 101s and you flipped a little bicycle safety, you get to see what I'm talking about. Uh, Jimmy did well. His first summer, he sold like, I don't know, 3,500 units on a bike um, as a first year back then. And that was like 20, um, 08. I don't know. Um, but anyways, Jake and I have been childhood friends, hadn't seen him for probably 10 years. And, and Mizzou's a big swamp land of people. So I ran to him at a dining hall and sat down with him, reconnected. And we were hanging out all the time. And he was going to this meeting and turns out it was Southwestern. He was like, man, I, I got to introduce you to, to my, my manager. And I, they're, are they called managers anymore? I think they're called leaders now. Student leaders, maybe. Yeah. It's managers. You can use the old yeah. thing. Go. They're managing you. You're a lost puppy. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's leading, but <laughs> so uh, it was Christine Martin, I think, um, who, who he was talking about to set me up with the interview. And it was weird that same night that Jake told me about that and was trying to like hook up this secret meeting. And I was all about it. I was like, oh yeah, this business opportunity, great. Cause I was a fired up guy. And, and, and anyone who knows me knows that it's not hard for me to get absolutely jacked, fired up out of my mind. And- Can attest, <laughs> can, can confirm. <laughs> and, so, this this phone call um, comes up to me, and Jake and I were actually chilling in my my dorm, this old ratty dorm, and it was a pretty legitimate sounding guy. I mean, it sounded like a, just a real sincere. You know, he had his words down. I was impressed. Um, turns out it, it was it would later become my student manager, which is uh, Will Metcher for all of you guys. Knew he was on a on one of these a couple weeks ago, maybe with yep. Andy Laws, which mm -hmm. another great friend of mine. Um, well, anyways, turns out, yeah, he he is business minded, but Will's fun too, man. I mean, we <laughs> we met up, and I, I felt like I was kind of going behind like Jake's back because I was I was meeting up with Will. I was like, man, I'm I'm gonna do this on my own, like. So so Will and I met up, and we made it through the interviews, and you know, I I, I wore a. a suit and tie to my final interview looking back having given interviews now and um, wow i probably went overboard but anyways uh <laughs> so i remember on my my second interview what really locked me in and it's so minute is that will and i were meeting in the student center and he i don't even know if he knows this um but one thing that really like grasped my attention i've always been into the details and a very um intricate centered person uh, to, where, to where I, I noticed like the most m like minuscule details and Will, Will saw that I was writing on a notebook 
um, that has like the flip leafs. It's like a padfolio notebook that you can tuck into the inner inside of padfolio. Mm -hmm. uh, and he noticed that I was just like flipping. It was starting to rip up at the top. So he was like, dude, you know, if you just like put a piece of tape across the top of that notebook, the pages won't keep ripping out. And I was like, man, that's, that's a life hack. That's pretty cool. And I tried it. The pages didn't rip out. Um, and I showed up for my third interview because that was, that was just huge for me. Change your life with tape immediately. <laughs> and I was like, man, I can learn something from this dude. And you're a funny dude. You're such a funny, <laughs> which I was already like on the phone call to come to the interview. I already knew I was coming out for the summer. Um, just what part because, of the like, year was this? What year? What part of the year? Was it like in the fall? Was it like late into the February? This was February 7th, I think of 2012. Um, Nice. No, yeah, I think it was February 7th because I had two interviews and then a day off and my third interview is the fourth day, which I was selected on the 11th. I'll forever remember my, just like my wedding date someday or, you know, those important days, first first child born. You'll always remember the, the good dates. And the day that I was um, officially selected to be part of Southwestern was definitely a big one. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I continued on through the semester and that's kind of how I found South, Southwestern's through Big Brother Bill. Dude, big brother Bill. So shout out to Will Metcher, first of all. Uh, yeah, what a, what a legend. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and listen to it if you're listening now. But yeah, man, I, what an honor. I mean, you must have learned, I mean, a, t a ton from him. Was it was it, was the training like pretty good? Were you, because it sounded like you were completely bought in. I mean, knowing you, I'm assuming like you decided, yeah, I'm in. I'm all the way in. Um, but how was that, how was like that training period and then going into 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 sales school? What was that? What was that journey? So that's curious that you ask that. And um, looking back at it, I know I know Will was a was a pretty structured guy on on doing things correctly, and that's why he was very successful. And still, you know, he works with Southwestern Consulting now, and he's doing extremely well with that. And mm -hmm. um, but one thing that I appreciate about Will and I's relationship as very close friends is that. Uh, and we're still great friends to this day. Um, I consider him one of my best friends. And I, I, I think that it's because we are very alike in a lot of ways. And so our training plan wasn't as much like, okay, here's week 11. Here's the things that we need to cover before the summer. It was more of, and, and people who know Will uh, closely know that his leadership style is he chases the success and has coattails hanging from him and all you got to do is run with him right. and and just take advice from the coaching from him and he's more of a talk with you than to you kind of guy and I, I just i respect and love that out of him a ton so the training plan was more of like us being friends and and obviously that's in the training plan right like the right. the level like i'll always level with you what's that the student creed or whatever yeah genuine rapport uh, but but i think that's probably one thing that will does the best um out of most of his skills is that you know some people like live a buying atmosphere and that's why they do well is because it's just so genuine of a buying atmosphere and that's so pertinent in sales um wills is that he is going to he's, he's going to care more about the relationship and being like honest and upfront as like your friend 
and it's, it's so natural that it, that it's easy to follow his coaching. So yeah, that's that's how the training led up to the summer is that he would just be straightforward with me and kick it with me, and that's all I needed. You know, the the tangible skills, the the attributes of becoming a bookman, those will be trained, but you can't train a friendship. Right. Yeah. And if you know, Will, you know that it wasn't just because he wanted you to sell books. It was because he genuinely cared, like he gave a shit, you know, and, and sometimes in life, especially like, even if you grew up in a household where people cared about you to, to have to be in college and meet a variety of people. And then you, you meet someone who's like sharp, who's with it. And you're like, Oh, this guy, this guy, this guy actually cares about my life. Like this guy, he cares for me to be better. And he sees me better. And I, and there's something about that person that like kind of like really really shapes you. That's awesome, man. That's wild. How the how the summer go? I mean, it, was, it must have been a shock. Everybody everybody that we've had on has shared a little bit of like the the shock the culture shock. Where where did you go? Where'd you sell? What 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 were some of the things that were really like important to you from that first summer? Yeah. So I uh I don't know. I think I might might have left the state of Missouri once. Pre books. It's it's like a, a it's like the Jurassic period pre books. Yeah, um, it's prehistoric now. <laughs> Back in 2011, right? Yeah, it was a decade. Ago. I have my 10 year high school reunion this year, but anyways, and the the summer, like as a whole, um, and this is like full transparency. And also, people people who know me know that like transparency is like I'm so vulnerable, which is you know yeah. I love that about myself. Yeah, um, I love but, that about you. That's that's why we become friends. <laughs> Thanks, my brother. And for, for those listening out here, our host, Andres, he's like, he's one of my great friends also. And uh, right. the cool thing is that he's 24 hours um, my senior. I was so, about to bring that up. I was about to yeah. bring that up in a sec. Yeah. So, <laughs> happy birthday, dude. <laughs> dude, thanks. And happy <laughs> birthday. I know I told you yesterday, but happy birthday again so that everyone else can sit here and appreciate <laughs> you for a second with your lovely voice. Um, <laughs> But but so so Andres and I are both twenty nine now. We're in our last year of our twenties. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna do it third together, floor right? coming up. Third floor <laughs> coming up. <laughs> Time to level up. So uh, as as far as like that transparency goes, um, like rewinding a little before the summer, I I kind of looking back, I was I was cocky. I was arrogant about. I don't, I don't know if it was an overconfidence. I will say arrogant. I will use that word right now. But I, I'd been successful in a lot of things throughout school and coming to Mizzou, and I was just so proud of myself. And I, you know, and with work, I worked multiple jobs in high school. I was working over forty hours a week as a high school, um, like varsity athlete or whatever. Uh, I'd work until one a.m. and then have like marching band in the morning. Like I was working a bookman schedule during high school, and I was killing it. I thought. And then the real book man schedule hit me and I was not as prepared as I thought I'd be. And which is pretty curious, another impact. And um, if I could share a huge impact, kind yeah, of a shout out. I don't think that he has been on the ponytails podcast or if he even listens, <clears throat> I saw him a few weeks ago and um, any forceful ones. I was a part of the force organization. Any forceful people um, probably know the name Nick Henderson and, uh, I, we got to get him on that. That would, that'd be a hit. Yeah. And I love that guy. So probably the reason 
that I that I stayed my first summer because I and I'll get to in a second why I almost did not. Um, it would be attributed to Nick, and um, and he probably doesn't know this. Maybe this is a way he'd find out because I've never told him uh, the impact he had on me. And um, so if he ever listens to this, it might uh, give him some some comfort knowing that. He not only changed my life, but I, I think the people that I've been able to go on and lead and coach and mentor, um, I wouldn't have been able to be that for them if he hadn't been that for me. Right. And, and, and that's one of like a, a quote I love from Southwestern that I got, I think from the one, the only Dan Moore is that, um, what, how does it go? It's, uh, I have it right here actually on this, on my little, I keep notes next to my desk. I'm still a book man at heart, right? Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. Write that down. <laughs> so I keep this like positive notebook next to my desk. Um, but it's, I have to make a difference for others because a difference was made for me. And, and I'll tell you the first week I was out on the book field, I don't know if anyone that, I don't, I don't know how many people know this, but I didn't sell a single book my first week. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Yeah. Pe people who know me be like, yeah, he probably sold, you know, a cookbook or something. We didn't even sell cookbooks then. And, um, but it was a really rough week and my first door I'll always remember I just you know had a great conversation with them but totally where was the sales talk it was not there uh, I was just so happy to meet somebody knock on a door I was fired <laughs> up right and so first week went by zeroed out I was at the Sunday meeting Jake beat me because he got to he was we were in the same org together and so Jake beat me and I, I, I'm super competitive. I did not like that at all. And I looked around the circle at the Sunday meeting, the recognition circle, is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. And we can explain what that is. It's basically at the end of the, at the end of each week. So you sell Monday through Saturday at the end of each week, y'all get together with your org or your organization, which is a smaller group um, of like 20, 20 people sometimes. And you guys, the, the way that they do recognition is basically last man or woman standing. And as they start like, shouting out stats right so they'll be like whoever got the most demos and so like starts here and then as they start counting up people start sitting down and kind of ends up with just one person in the middle of the circle so to explain what you're referring to if someone doesn't remember or does not know that's kind of how it works but yeah thank you that, that refreshed my memory <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um which curious you said that and you know and i'll probably mention it later uh but the host family situation uh, was pretty neat I actually had my, my first host mom ever and back in 2012 uh, messaged me today on my birthday 10 years later and left me a long uh, voicemail uh, like a voice message singing me happy birthday and wishing <laughs> me well that was my my host family from my first summer which was 10 years ago now um so I, we still keep in contact which is cool and yeah. um, anyways <laughs> so I got to that first Sunday meeting and I already missed home and I already had depleted my, my cash reserves. And I, like I, when I moved to Mizzou, I took the fall semester after high school off to save up enough money to have gas to make it to college. Um, oh. So I was already like financially not in a good place. I knew I was taking on debt. Um, and I remember I got like this little grant or whatever, and I spent it on food and things like that, the things that I needed, but I didn't have a high income because I was a college student, right? At the time, this is that semester before selling. And 
uh, I remember I was walking through the mall and sorry if I'm all over the place, but I'm trying to Dude. connect little pieces that, that will add up, I promise. Um, so I went, I stopped by this little sunglass hut and I saw these cool white Oakleys. And I was like, man, these would make me look so cool on campus. <laughs> <laughs> this is what hard. college girls would be into. <laughs> so I bought them and they were 150 bucks, which back then 150 was like, that's, that's some high end. Like I wouldn't even spend 150 bucks on a pair of sunglasses now because it's just dumb. But then I thought it was for like the coolness factor, which Southwestern really taught me about not being like that anyways. But uh, I ended up returning them like two weeks later, like the week before sales school, because I needed the cash to get to sales school. So I oh, went and returned man. them back to Sunglass Hut so I could have that 150 bucks. <laughs> Dude. And the funniest part is that the, the saleswoman that sold me the glasses is now Will's fiance. <laughs> no way <laughs> i felt bad i feel bad now because i thought like she got the commission for it and I, she i don't even know if she remembers it but sarah uh will's probably if he watches this he's gonna crack up <laughs> but uh sarah if you listen to this i'm sorry about if you didn't make commission off my sunglasses i needed to go sell books <laughs> oh my god how do you know that how do you remember that the, I, it's just been a been a part of me. We we were also all in Pi Sigma Epsilon together, in business fraternity. Oh, that's right. That's how they met. Sure, oh. sure, sure. So it, that yeah. is so funny, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting. Anyways, and so during the summer, that first week, that I was down on my budgeting. Right, I was I was broke. The the sunglass refund money had already run out, and you know it was it was pretty tough for for a first year. I mean. For a rookie you're like man this is the hardest thing that i've ever went went through but then looking back on it it's like dude that was easy right and so i started my second week out you know i had some encouragement from will and you know he knows how to get me fired up so went into the second week first day didn't sell nothing right and second day of my second week i i remember it was like midday i was on like zero dollars and I, I called my mother in the middle of the day and I said, Hey, I, I think I'm going to come home. And oh. she said, well, uh, how are you going to get here? <laughs> uh, and I go, well, um, I'll just, I'll come back and I'll work and do something else for the summer. I mean, this is really tough and I, I it's not working out for me. And, and she, I just, I'll never forget what my mother said is that she, she paused for a second and she goes, I'm not going to support you quitting. And that hit me. And I was like, man, I thought that she'd be on my side. Right. And she was like, you, you wanted to do this so bad. And out of anyone that could do it, it's you, you know, mother encouragement, right? Like yeah. any caring mom is going to say, Oh, you're the best thing ever and you could do it. But, and, and, and if you understand that about your own mother, then you'd understand that at that point you can't say, Oh, well, no, you're wrong, mom. Right. So I was already emotional. Like I was, I wasn't going to cry because I, I don't cry, but I just remember, like, I just felt 
like I was disappointing her. And that's nothing anyone wants to do in front of their mother. And then she said, what really got me to go to the next door and hang up the phone, and go to the next door is she said, don't let me have, or she's how she worded it. She said, don't let me have to tell your father that you gave up on yourself. Oof, dude. I said, I love you. I'll call you later. And I hung up. I went to the next door. Very next door was my first customer. Because it was like, when I showed up on that doorstep, I was only leaving with a check, right? <laughs> there was like, no no. There's no choice. It was the yeah. coolest family. Um, so, so that was one of the, the very vital moments. Um, not the most vital, but it turns out I, I got to roll with with Andre's younger brother, Danny, who was also on the, on the episode. I got to roll with him a few summers later. And it was cool because he was selling in that first territory. And once we were done working together for the day, I, it, was, it was in that town that I sold in. And I stopped by that first house that I still remember the, the address from like eight years prior. And I stopped there and I looked at that first house that, that bought from me. And it was just cool experience, you know, having built a top team and like done way better in, in my Southwestern and I guess past or whatever. By that point, like everyone that I've been able to impact then, I knew looking at that door that if I wouldn't have knocked on it, I all of those people would not have been able to to have that coach. I wouldn't have met Andres at fall ball that fall. And it, that was a very that was a very emotional time as well, just knowing that impact it had on me. So anyways, how, how did you feel part? when you left that door? Like, well, what was that like when they said yes? I mean, because I knew you were con like at that point, you had that conviction. You're like, I got to get this or, or, you know, like no matter what. But like, what was it? Because I remember that victory of my first customer that I worked that I had to work hard for like I kind of got lucky with my first few but but what was that like after having experience like that phone call with your mom and you know and because at sales school they preached the answer to every problem lies behind the next door that's like a staple of, of sales school what was that like yeah so it, it was probably because before I had the chance to hang up I was when when my mom told me that that what like what if I told your dad that you quit or whatever or that you gave up on yourself and I was like oh, okay yeah and right before I hung up she goes just act like the next mom you talk to is me and that's what I did and I just talked to Katie Swanson I don't know if she'll ever hear this but and I caught I talked to Katie Swanson and I talk to her as with the loving eyes that I'd look at, you know, my mother, because she had two little tiny babies. And, and I just, you know, I was trying to bring out the real like me and like not trying to be salesy, like I had been the past week that did not work for me because I zeroed out trying mm. to sell. Mm. Um, but that next door, I was just like, how, what would cause my mother to buy at the next door? And, and that's, that's what did it is just I just enjoyed talking to Katie Swanson with the respect I would want someone knocking on my mom and dad's door to talk to them. Right. Damn, dude. And that's a, there's so, there's such a lesson in there, right? Of like, so, so, so I, I don't, this is interesting. We're talking about birthdays and on your birthday. I don't like when people <laughs> celebrate my birthday sometimes because like, I hate it when people say something like, all right, fine. It's just because it's your birthday. It's like, no, you should treat people like it's their birthday every fucking day. 
Like, why are you treating them special? Like, if you can do it on that day, you can do it every day, right? And in the same way, it's like, why would you not treat every door that way? You know, and in, in relation, why wouldn't you treat every human, every person that you meet, why, why wouldn't you treat them the way you would want someone to treat your mom? You know what I mean? Like, such a deep lesson there. Because it worked. I mean, it, it, you, you forgot about the dollar signs and you just focused on providing love and providing uh, respect to someone. And it worked. It's true. Man. Bro, that's crazy. I didn't know this. I didn't know this story at all. I've never heard you yeah. say this. Yeah. This is crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so then what, how, so the summer, I mean, I know you ended up in, like really well. How, how did the rest of the summer go for you? What, what, what were like some major moments there in that first, that first summer is always good to talk about because it's like the one that just like hits you in the face. <laughs> and you remember it the most too. At yeah. least I, I do. I mean, the rest of them were just, they were kind of a blur. They all mended together. I couldn't, t I couldn't differentiate between them. But after that, that first sale on that Tuesday, I zeroed out the rest of the week because I fell back into that pit of, well, I guess I can pay a quarter for toast in the morning. And I, you know, that sick feeling at breakfast when you're scrambling your eggs and your, your head's not in the right spot and um, which even top producers have those times. But uh, I was like the opposite of a top producer. Um, and that, that third week and at that Sunday got blown out of the water by everyone. Jake beat me again. And I was just, I was like at the bottom of the barrel, right? And that's not something that I was used to, which put me in more of shock. Like I was just so out of my comfort zone of, of being like the weakest link, right? The third week came along and I think I had a couple customers. And I think I had an 88 unit week. I remember it was just, it was increment of 11. It was 88 units, I think. And so I went zero, 12 units, 88. So I was sitting at hundred units at the end of week three not that fast of a start right yeah and there's like first years that are doing like i remember that was our first one katie grassi was doing like 900 units right in like week three she's crushing yeah you're just like right. what the fuck? yeah so and then week four came along and i was you know still on this down on myself thing i wasn't really that coachable you know sorry will but i wasn't um and then week four came along and I zeroed the whole week, week four. And this was the most important part of my summer. And um, because now I'm at the end of week four, almost halfway through the summer, well, I guess a, a third of the way, uh, and I'm still sitting on a hundred units, which my expenses are higher than a hundred units worth of profit for all of you math people out there. Um, so your boy was struggling. <laughs> and uh, we went to this, for this Sunday meeting, we went to this uh, minor league baseball game. And uh, I was used to PCing with like Will and, and that was great. You know, he was my friend and someone I had looked up to uh, until that point was also Nick Henderson. And I'd never really before, like before the summer started, I got to meet and know Nick a little bit. And, and, but during the summer, you don't see, he was my DSM. He's, he was our DSM at the time was Nick. And, mm. uh, Grant Greeter was the director at the time. I think that's what they were called. And anyways, I was excited to see Nick. He flew out to see us. I hadn't seen him since sales school. And, but I was kind of like embarrassed, right? Because, you know, I told him all these wonderful things. I was going to go out and dominate, you know, just a out of my head person. And I just, I knew that I had to PC with him. We sat down in the bleachers together, you know, the 
the manager PC, except it's with D your DSM, right? Which could go really well, or it could go really not well. And that's right. <laughs> I had looked up to Nick because he's a super sharp and highly intellectual person, which I respected out of him. And so we sat down and I just could tell that he was disappointed. He wasn't mad or angry. He's a little disappointed. And he said, Andrew, the, the, the reason I'm, I'm a little disappointed isn't because of your production. It's not because of like how you've been doing. He goes, I'm disappointed because I, I had like wagers at the beginning of summer, not like mo monetarily, but he was like, I, I had my, my bet on you of being one of the top people, like top first, first years. Mm. And coming from Nick, that means a lot. He said that you were super sharp and the way that you answered questions and spoke and like your, the way that you worked at it and how you are with people. He was like, man, I had, I had my chips in your basket that you're going to come out of this thing top dog. And it, it reminded me of like my previous successes and like that feeling of like, man, well, I think like deep down I can be that too. Like any other rookie that gets a, gets a positive affirmation from a manager, if manager's like, you can do it. You're just like, Oh, right. You, you're right. I can. When did I ever think that I couldn't? Uh, <laughs> and he goes, it, it's, it's so terrible that I thought so highly of how you would do that it'd get to this point. But if, if you don't go out and sell some books tomorrow, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to ask you to go home. And he goes, it's not because of your production. It's because I care about you. And the last thing I want is to see you out here struggling like you are. And it just hit me that I was that what I love so much. Cause I still loved it. Like I enjoyed the job and the, the people you work with. I mean, who, like, if you've done Southwestern, you know that like it's a family environment and it's just the, the people you want to surround yourself with. So it hit me like, if I don't go work my butt off tomorrow, I'm not going to be able to be a part of this anymore. And before that I'd have like, I think like three or six sit downs in a day was my highest. Um, cause I wasn't really doing the job right. Um, or counting them right. Or I don't even remember. I don't even think I hit 30 demos in a day up until that point, like be like honest demos, maybe which, like showing the book. And yeah, that's like the staple, right? Like, and to, to explain to anybody listening, if anybody ever listens to this and doesn't like sell books, like that's essentially they tell you, you got to show the books to, to 30 legit families. It can't be like grandmas for 30, like it has to be like families who have kids and, and you showed them the books and like attempted to have us to sit down with them. That's a demo. And so you're supposed to get those 30 a day. That's like the, the benchmark. You're supposed to get 30 of those every single day. That's like the, that's all they really care about, especially at the beginning of the summer. So, you, and you, you're saying you didn't even, you, you weren't quite hitting that. Oh, no, not close. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I was living with Will also in the Galaxy Room. Or is it called the Galaxy Room? Galaxy Quest was our, our HQ name. And, and it was Will and I and another dude. And so I, I moved HQs, you know, refresh, reset my mind. And that Monday, that next day, I had uh, 21 sit downs and six customers. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. So I was on a new, whole new high 
at the end of that day and I had outsold my entire summer in a day. And uh, I remember Jake called me on the phone that night and I was walking outside and there's there's street lights. I was walking down like this highway talking to Jake and he was like, he called me and he was like, dude, I, and he was living with Andy Laws. And he was like, Andy said that you got 21 sit downs today. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, how, how did you do that? What were you doing? And I was like, I don't know, man. I just went out and did the thing. And I felt really good about it. So I, I went from zero customers the week before. I, I had 17 customers that week. And so I went from like last to like, I think I had the most customers out of the rookies that week uh, in our work. And then from there, I was, you know, floating uh, 14 to 17 customers for the rest of the summer. So that first chunk of the summer was rough. And then it, it got better by the end of the summer. And, and uh, it was pretty exciting. So, so do I, cause I know you like, like to reflect on like your, like you're very competitive and I know you're competitive with your, with yourself more than anything. Um, you just, yeah, something I love about you is your desire to just kind of be better every day, just to continue to grow and something I'm really proud of you for doing. Cause other years that I've known you, it's really cool to see that you take that to heart and you execute it. And as you think back and you meditate on like, on those things, what, what I mean, Nick Henderson said this to you, but really in a practical form like what do you think really changed what was it that was it a me i mean obviously it was a mental shift that, but what what clicked for you what made it made sense yeah and and you know honestly that's probably one of the biggest things that i think someone can gain out of southwestern is the answer to your question is that the the whole time you're you're in it and you're being coached in southwestern and and this applies directly to life as well and in every area, not just in like profession, your professional life, is that like I'd thought that I could do well for for so long, and it, it was almost it was almost like Nick had reminded me that I could I could do well, and I, I thought I could do well again, kind of thing, like a reminder. But the biggest thing in Southwestern, and even for, for people that are top producers now or whoever's listening in and whatever you're doing in your life, even if you're a super success, one of the biggest things that, that if, if you're not quite reaching where you want to be, you know, regardless of your situation is, is your, your level of not thinking you can do well, but believing that you can do well. And, and that's the biggest thing that clicked is that it wasn't a reminder that, I could do well or succeed or achieve. It was a reminder that there is no reason not to believe that. So, mm -hmm. so belief, belief became a, a big pillar throughout my Southwestern career. And, and I never did become like a 10,000 unit producer. I did do, do better over my summers. And, and my biggest thing was recruiting and team building and helping lead other students. Um, and, and I hope that I've been a good roommate and, and obviously I want to leave an impact on everyone. Uh, but the biggest thing is that after I left Southwestern two years ago, after my seventh summer, was that I had this level of belief just built up in me. And I was like, well, I'm done with, with knocking on doors, selling books. Where can I channel this belief and this passion, and this desire? Like, how can I use that? So now that's like my biggest tool and it's not even confidence. Like, yes, I'm confident in things, 
But the thing that I learned is that confidence and self-belief are, are so not the same thing. And if you think that they are, dive a little deeper in that and find out that they're not. That'll be exciting for you on your journey because once I, once I stopped selling books, I think my life had gotten even better. Not because I was done selling books, because now I had all these powers to use in the world. It was like superpowers. Like they teach you to be a superhero, like superhero school. And then you're unleashed into the world and you do things that, that you just feel like electricity is going to fly from your fingertips. That's how I feel. And like every day I feel that way now. And I'm, I'm just, the person I am today just feels so much better than yesterday. And, and that all is, is because I've manifested it from the things that I've learned to do in Southwestern. So to answer your question, it wasn't the fact that Nick or Will or anyone like taught me the things that it would take to be successful. They did in a skillful manner, but it, it was that they helped bring out the me that believed they could. Mm. Mm. They, they chiseled out wh who you needed to be. Yeah. That's, that's wild, man. Like, I, I think remember when I was doing some of the training, like for Danny, when I was training Danny, I remember saying like, I can't knock on the doors for you. I, I, I can't, I can't sit down with the families for you. Like the, the thing about Southwestern that's awesome, and but also kind of scary is that you, you not financially, not in units, but like you get out of it what you what you put into it like who you become is directly in your control and you you figured that out it sounds like i mean they helped you they guided you but they couldn't have done it for you this is this is like a thing you need to learn for yourself that's that's crazy man i i never knew this i, I didn't know i, I we've, we've talked about a lot of things in life but i don't think we've ever talked about like our specific southwestern experiences like really yeah. in, in my i mean at least not before we met you know, a little bit since we've met, but that's, that's so cool. And it's funny because I know you, so I can see it like happening too. Like I can like, quit. I'm like, I can see that happening. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Wow. And then you came back for six more. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I took, I, you know, I came back and built a team the next year and then the next year and then I took summer off because I had other things going on. And I, I, I left something, I think, so I had to go back and get it. Um, and for those listening, it's, it wasn't a physical thing. I, I left, left something out there on the field that, that I forgot to bring with me. And so I went back and I got it. Yeah, you did. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we could talk about how, what that, what that little thing was, if you want, but we also need to talk about, we, 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 we in the meantime, in that 2014, we needed to take a tangent and talk about when we were living in Missouri at the same time, some of these. Some of these stories need to be told. <laughs> so a disclaimer to, to our to our audience. Oh, it don't matter. What's that? Oh, it don't matter. They don't care. <laughs> okay. Uh, so <laughs> so 
this, this is gonna get crazy because we've been talking like you know life stuff and that's mushy mushy and it's it's kind of like oh man like this dude didn't even have a good first summer and like i i promise you that i've gotten better guys but um <laughs> the the funny thing is is that i used to enjoy quite a few beverages <laughs> an hour <laughs> and uh yeah you know that's part, part of the reason probably why I, I could have used more focus but i'll also say that uh it taught me a lot you know you, if you realize that you can learn from any situation, it doesn't even matter how bad it is because you know that you're going to gain the same level of learning from it. Um, the learning is always the same level. It's not like if you learn some magic life hack versus uh, you went broke on the street. It's not like the learning quality was better on the life hack. Um, the learning level and amounts the same. It's just in different directions. Um, That's right. So mine was, I loved... And this is terrible that I say love, but I love to be social and party and things like that. So then I found out my boy Andres was coming to, to live in town. Um, and you may or might, may not disclose why or if you have on past. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was dating Deb at the time. And uh, actually, I had had a terrible summer. I was broke, completely mm. broke. And Deb had a place for me to stay while I got back on my feet because I, I was way off schedule my third summer. Like, way off schedule i owed the company money like mm. i was way off schedule um and uh my parents had gotten divorced like i drove back over that third summer and it was i come my mom like i'm coming home i'm not doing this again this is this was not fun this time around and uh, i'm coming home she's like okay so when you come home <laughs> uh don't go to the house because we sold it your dad and I finished our divorce, so, you know, sorry. <laughs> so I was like, shit. And uh, they were both living in tiny apartments, and I was like, I can't live in Grand Island in a tiny apartment. I will not do that. And um, dad was like, hey, you can stay, you can stay with me until you get back on your feet. Went back to the good old trade home, back yeah. where I was, I was selling shoes at the mall before oh, I got yeah, opened we for Southwestern. <laughs> And we work together there. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude, there's a whole a whole group of stories that we need to go on a tangent for real quick before we go back to it. Because this is important to show the growth that humans can have. This is this is this is big. So I was I was beating myself up, feeling sorry for myself about my life. Like like other people don't experience hardship. Like it was just me that was going through the hard things. And uh, I went back to the thing I knew that I could make money with. I was, I was selling shoes, uh, trade home shoes. It's a like mom and pop shop in the Midwest that, that it's, they super they sell overpriced shoes, <laughs> but they sell them well. And uh, yeah, they actually have pretty good sales tactics, pretty pretty decent. Uh, and anyway, it's, uh, I knew that I, I I I could get a job. I just needed a job. So the only place that could hire, luckily Columbia, Missouri had a trade home. And that's why I moved there, because because Deb offered me a place to stay, and I and I knew I could make a lot of money relatively, right, to be able to get back on my feet and and end up back in Lincoln. Uh, but the four summer I was there, the four the four months I was there, you know, I actually crushed it in the shoe store. I don't know if you remember that, like mm -hmm. slanging books, or slanging shoes, um, and uh, I was able to hang out with you quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where do you want to start? Southside. Yeah. The, the dueling uh, pianos. Oh, man. Uh, well, for, for, first off. The cards game. Just a side note. Um, 
<laughs> De- De- Deb is still one one of a very good friend of mine. I'm, I'm so I Same, yeah she's so happy friend. we're still in contact and I I need to catch up with her. She's just a great friend and and yeah yeah so so that was really cool that that's that's when we really started hanging out because Deb and I were were pretty good friends and then she told me you were moving to town and I was like well yeah I need to hang out with Andres and then that's where our our friendship really started to grow is when we were local right yeah and and man for 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 anyone that that appreciates wings and beer Andres and I found so many ways to celebrate wings and beer yes we did yes we did (laughs) probably too much yeah a little bit but I think in particular we need to we need to talk about the cards the, the cardinal story so so and then we can get back to southwestern so if you're listening sorry if this isn't fun for you but this is worth talking about um and i don't care we can talk about whatever we want sure um so this do was you, you can how about you you tell this and and you can bounce uh, questions off me if you don't remember i'm gonna details. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna tell the story until we get to uh ballpark village and then you okay. can take over at that point because that's really what needs to happen. Um, I can I think I can pull up pictures from this day, but long story short, we're it's it's been good. This is well into that fall of 2014 after my third summer, and I'm still I'm I'm starting to not feel so bad about myself. Um, <laughs> and Andrew just goes, "Hey, Jake," which by the way, yeah, Jake's a great stud. I didn't get to say that earlier, but I got to know Jake a lot too. Jake is a, we can need to have him on here. He's great. Um, <laughs> We should have had him on this episode too. So it would have been like, oh, oh yeah, a, a, cool. a trio. That would have been fun. Um, we'll have to have you back on with him. But anyway, so long story short, so so Andrew calls me and he's like, hey, so I got Jake and I and my cousin, we're going to go to a cards game. Our fourth guy bailed. Are you in it? You're out. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> I'd never been to a Cardinals game in St. Louis, which, you know, that's a that's a life experience of its own. And I remember we get to your, so your family, it lives in St. Louis or in the area. And we get to your aunt's place and uh, we won't say her name, but she's awesome. And uh, literally walk in and this is where you get it from. (laughs) When we walk in and she's like, here, drink this. And she just hands me a beer. (laughs) This is fucking really nice house. And I'm like, okay. You know, she goes, no, chug this. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I chug the beer. And then she opens another one. She goes, now I'll step on this. And I was like, okay. So I started drinking. That's how the night starts. And then they drive us to the game. We're sitting at the game. We have these amazing seats. It's like right behind third base, like right, right behind third base, maybe like 15 rows up. So it's like a little bit elevated. So you're not blocked from the view. The cards win. I think they beat the Brewers or something, two to one or so. It was my first like time really enjoying baseball. I learned to love baseball actually because of you. I hated baseball and I became a fan of the sport because because of my boy Andrew. Um, but this is where the night goes from good to great. So very, very recently, and you can go into as much detail when it's your turn as you want. I have nothing to hide and you're pretty transparent, so makes for good storytelling. But we go, huh, what's this new thing that they got going? If you haven't been to Ballpark Village in downtown St. Louis, right outside the Bush Stadium, you're living wrong. And we're like, let's go check this place out. And there's a place called, uh, what was it called? Uh, PBR. PBR. 
Yes, PBR. And we walk into PBR. And then, Andrew. So, uh, <laughs> we're, we're feeling it by this point, right? Because we've been throwing them back for hours. And we the cards won. The crowd's great. Like, it was just such a such a good vibe, you know, and just feeling good. Life life's great. And and we all sit down at this this table and it was well it was a was it a stand-up table? You had to stand at it? Anyways. Yeah, something like that. It was like a rodeo bar. For for anybody who's seen Footloose, the, the newer ones when like when they go in fake IDs playing and it's like this country bar and everyone's dancing on the dance floor. Very similar scene. Um, and probably we probably had more fun than they did, um, or at least we thought we did. So everyone's dancing. They have these like uh, dancers that are up on tables with um, chaps that, that don't have the rears on them. The, the... Assless chaps, you can say it. It's okay. Okay, yeah. And I try to refrain from cursing as much as possible. <laughs> I can do it for you. The ass, assless chaps. Yeah. Uh, so. And it, I don't. I don't know if. Uh, do you want me to go into full detail, like yeah, full exposure here? You can. Yeah, you can go. You can go into full detail. Look at this. This is what the. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> this is the Facebook photo of that wow. night. There's Jake, and this is me. This is we were each four or five beers deep into this at this point. For so, sure. So obviously, the the one behind me is my cousin Cody. Um, if, you're, if you're listening, I have a picture up of that night at the game. But if you're oh, yeah. watching, here you go. <laughs> and then Jake's the one sucking sauce off his fingers next to him. And then Andre's got a mouthful of food behind him. Um, are those buckle jeans that you're wearing? That's Those are for sure buckle jeans that I'm wearing. You are so 2015 in that picture. Dude, I'm from Nebraska. Buckle was like started like 40 miles from where I grew up. Everybody wore That was the thing to do. <laughs> uh, you are styling, so I can't bash on you. Um, so anyways, we're, we're in this, this rodeo bar and, and the dance floor is shoulder to shoulder packed and it's, you know, sweat and beers, the liquid out on the floor and Andre's head's on a swivel. He, I mean, he looks like a, a bobblehead on a dashboard and um, cause he's taken in the scene. Right. And, and again, uh, I'm not looking to, to, to do this. This is something I did not, I was, I asked for what's about to happen. Cause I, I'm like, I'm over here just trying to be a wingman, which is really how the whole thing started. Who are you even winging for? Jake or no or, 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 Cody? or your Cody, yeah. Because we were, remember because the original reason we went in there was because it's like let's go find Cody a girl. <laughs> I don't even remember it. And I just wanted to go Honestly. dance because it was country dancing, and that was all about the country dancing. So 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 those who who know Andres or th that know me know that both of our personality types are very extroverted and social and like have a great time and. Uh, you know, not afraid to talk to anyone and just like have, find the best story. Like wherever we go, it's, it's, you know, come up with the best adventure. But, um, and, and those who've never seen us together could only imagine if you put uh, Andres and I together, it's going to be, it's fun, very electric. Um, <laughs> that's a good word. For it. So we get in here and, and Jake's cool too. I mean, Jake's just stud. So we're all we're all in this bar, and, you know. We're we're revamping our buzz because we, we started losing it because of all the nachos we ate. And so, 
how did well i don't even remember what happened do you want me to go to straight to the where did andres go part yeah i was just dancing i just i just because what happened was there was like line dancing going on and there was people who were like swing dancing and i was like i want to swing dance i love swing dancing like like flipping people over and doing flips and stuff but nobody wanted to dance except for one person yeah go ahead so <laughs> there's my cue uh so if you guys know the the gambo brothers they they both they both can dance pr pretty well they both can move their bodies pretty well andre's like an eric estrada kind of like <laughs> mambo jumbo like do all the slick stuff and and uh so so he disappears and we're just wondering you know where, where'd our boy go like do you think he's okay because it's been like 10 10 15 minutes since we saw him which is way longer than it takes to get a bud light budweiser whatever so I, I go out and start looking for him and you know i'm like looking around the crowd and like i'm digging through people and and there he is the old rug cutter uh <laughs> <laughs> Andre's out there slicing it up on the dance floor, you know, like just just the player of the week. And <laughs> so, 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 you know, I, I'm not really much of a day. I love to dance for fun, but I've never been taught. So, so I'm kind of, you know, just grooving. I probably look like an idiot, but I'm having fun. Andres can actually like he, he knows how to dance, which is which is pretty cool. So he's doing like the spin the girl, twirl him between his arms, and you know the whole acrobatic scene out there. And uh, I'm just vibing, you know, half blasted. And then I noticed like he he walks over to this like that one of these tables that one of the uh, rearless chap girls is standing on, and she's like looking down at him. She's like dancing, like they're making eye contact, and like it looks like they're like visual signaling and. And like, yeah, just so playful. Those, I'm not flirting with anybody. Signals. It's just more like just being goofy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so so those you don't know, I, I'm also a, a member of the military. I'm I'm, a, I'm in the army as an infantryman. So we use visual signaling, but normally it's not for the same intent as Andres is using it. So ours is more like deliberate. But this dude was just. If, if he had game, it was in a five-gallon bucket, and he just dumped the whole thing out. Um, <laughs> I was just trying to dance with someone, and nobody wanted to dance with oh, oh, no. All right. The whole dance floor was was dancing. Andres is like the, the go big or go home. Like He doesn't just want some dancer on the dance floor. He wants one of the dancers like up on the tables getting paid. So yeah, because they were actually they, you could tell that they could dance. That's what that was another thing. I'm like, because I asked one of them, and I was like, hey, do you want to dance? And she's like, no. So then I went up to the other person, and I was like, do you want to dance? And she was like, sure. So here, this this little hand reaches down and grabs Andres and pulls him up there with her. So now it's causing a scene, and andres is uh, boot scooting boogieing across this table in the middle of this this bar jake and cody are over at the table just like baffled i i'm just i'm not even surprised because you know andres had gotten close by this point i like i was just like yeah this makes sense so they're they're cutting and you know wheeling and dealing up there and uh then Andres jumps down, you know, goes, grabs a beer. He comes back and he's drenched in sweat and he's like so excited. And he's like, guys, did you see me dancing up there? And we're all like, yeah, dude, awesome. Whatever. 
we look back over and and the girl's not on the not on the table anymore like she like we thought maybe she went on break or whatever yeah and andres was like hey hey guys i'm gonna, I'm gonna go ride the ride the mechanic they have a mechanical bull at pbr and uh, and he goes i'm gonna go ride the mechanical bull and and he like takes off running we're like okay what like this dude's going nuts and we were just so you know excited for him like having a good time we were having a good time too and we look <laughs> over into the line for the for the ride in the bull and there's Andres with this this dancing girl in waiting in line. No, and that's not what happened. Oh, bro, bro. All right. So we were all we were we were getting excited, and I'm I'm the one that saw this. So like this is. She was never in, in line with me. She was never in line with me. I just got so, on. I I'm pretty sure I saw her. So Andres jumps on this mechanical bull, and like he's going to town and he's riding or whatever, and then. She comes running and jumps on this mechanical bull with him and they're oh on this bull at the same time. And it was the the everybody's like, looking like what everyone in the bar like is has stopped dancing by this point and is like that's the main event is seeing like <laughs> Andres get it like him and this girl like riding this bull together and i'm like oh no there's video of this i was like oh no oh no this is not the intention i did not want this <laughs> i'm freaking out on the ball i'm like no no <laughs> so it, it was that it was hilarious and you know I, you know long story short your, your hostess with the mostest andres gamboa can work Whoa. a dance for Ah, uh, I felt, I felt like, I felt like a million bucks. I was like, well, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, we probably shouldn't do that. And I went straight back home and I told that, I'm like, so this happened. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry about that. She was like, she goes, this is where you know Deb is cool. She was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you do, you can dance. Yeah, <laughs> I was yep. like, and I was like, okay, cool. As long as you know where my intentions were. That's right. But it was fun. Oh, oh my God. Good night. Dude, that was a great night. That was, a, that was like one of those typical classic bro nights. And the thing, the funny thing was that was like, after I danced with her, I actually ended up dancing with a couple more people. And I was like, they're like, where are you from? I'm like, I'm from Nebraska. I moved here because my girlfriend lives in Como, but I'm with those guys over there. And we were like trying to get Cody to like, talk and he was just like I'm like Cody come out and dance and he's like no 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 <laughs> he was like two years baffled from your moves <laughs> oh man Good but, but times. That's the, the best part is that like we weren't like man whoring around no yeah it was not that vibe that was, was not total, we were being like, brothers weird, like, night out like yeah you know because we're, we're I, I like to think we're pretty good dudes and and that was just that was the thing is that you know it was exciting and it was you know we got good stories yeah. out of it but man it was just really meaningful like bro time and yeah. we all went baseball back to game beer wings yeah yeah just a just a good genuine innocent time yeah semi innocent yeah the assless chaps kind of turned it PG thirteen yeah yeah R but yeah it was it was an interesting time oh man good stories. All right, so that was the tangent. I just wanted. I was like, we got to tell this. this has to be. This story has to exist in public somewhere. <laughs> and now, yeah. And now we gotta be on we, track. 
we've arrived. Um, so yeah, man. So so walk me through because your your growth you were mentioning earlier. Let's let's switch gears again, um, and let's let's transition to the people that you the people that we became. And something that I'm really proud of you for is um, a couple of years ago you decided to stop drinking. You decided, and it wasn't. By the way, when you talk about you like enjoy drinking, it wasn't like you were an alcoholic or anything like that. It wasn't like you had a problem that we had to like have an intervention or anything for. But you know, you like we we partied. It was fun, um, and yeah, what, I I know that you. It's been two years now, right? Since you since this happened, what uh, what led to this decision, and what have you noticed has changed? Like how how has that affected your life? Yeah, that's that's honestly a great question because you know I think I think that that you know contributes to a, a lot of who I am now and and how I've done in the past. And a couple years and today actually marks the two year because I yeah. stopped on my birthday two years ago. And so before that, it was, it was my, it was January before my final, my seventh summer. And I had been drinking a lot and, and, you know, just throughout the years, just a lot of mental fogginess and, you know, spending way too much money when I should have been saving. And, and, and it showed up in, in some of my summers um, that I just had been celebrating partying too much. And, and I had noticed it, it compounded over the years. Uh, and then in 2017, I, I, I brought a, a top team and it was called Team Legacy. And and I, I just loved that team. You know, I, I spent a lot of work on it. And it was the year that we had like 14 student leaders on campus the year before, and they all left the same year. And it was just me on campus. So I went from having Will and um, Andy and a lot of the other student leaders, you know, we were all a team. And then the next year it was like, no, it was just me. And, and I couldn't let the organization that I was a part of that was just so that was just so powerful to me uh, be gone. So so I went out and I built a team and I worked and I I was so proud of this team. And then I had some more not so good decisions after that summer as far as staying on track and staying focused. I was partying again and just having a good time and I just wasn't as focused as I needed to be. And uh, I I didn't have any members from that team returning. Um, and it was probably because of me not focusing as much on them. I was just a lot, a lot me focused, which wasn't good. And, um, but it's okay. It taught me a lot, you know, and then going into my last summer, I wanted to just take a cleanse from drinking. And I just knew all the health benefits and I've been doing a lot of research and I knew all the brain benefits of quitting, obviously financial benefits of quitting just it was compounded anyone who's read the compound effect by Darren Hardy would be able to correlate this into um into how how it would compound to be very effective for your life so I, I thought you know what I'm gonna go until after the summer without drinking which would be eight months because I started January 1st so it was the day after New Year's so it was tough it was you know discipline to you know go out with friends and not have a beer when you know we we had very much enjoyed going out and grabbing beer and wings and i always had a glass of wine a bottle of wine and um like going to wineries and wine tastings and i i just thought you know what i i have the discipline to do it so i i did 
until after the summer. And then I didn't have the greatest summer, my final summer. I had a ton of fun, blast. I met some great people, you know, just a great, obviously any summer is going to be a great experience. It just wasn't as, as huge as I wanted it to be. So then I, I got back and I started drinking again. And from after the summer until my birthday, September 30th of 2019, mm-hmm. uh, I had drank every day for 60 days straight. And like, in a, like every, there wasn't a day in that 60 day time frame of two months of every day I had at least one alcoholic beverage. And I remember that because after the first like five days, I was like, man, I've drank for the past five days straight and I just kept track and it ended up at 60. Um, and then I thought, well, I went eight months without drinking and then I wasn't in a good place at all. If you drink for 60 days and I wasn't like chain drinking every day, like a 30 rack or whatever, but I was having a beverage, you know, a glass of wine tonight, maybe two beers the next night, maybe too much to drink the next. And, um, but I at least have like, you know, a beverage with dinner and I just had noticed it stacking up and I didn't feel good about my summer. And uh, I didn't know what I wanted. I wanted to do personal training because I, I really enjoyed my fitness. And, and those of you who know me know the fitness and mental health and and just growth, self-improvement is like a huge part of my life. Like that's, I if that was a person, that's me. Uh, but I was like, I'm going to go do a personal training gig. I'll get a job at like a, a gym as a personal trainer or whatever. And I, I sat down in, in the, this like 20, 21 year old punk kid comes out to interview me. And to me, I was thinking, and I've been interviewing people for years now with Southwestern. I've been building organiz- like an organization, leading people, like speaking in front of hundreds of people. Like it just felt like such a downgrade to my skill set and my, my ability. And in the middle of the interview, like the questions he was asking me, like name a time that you've gone above and beyond in a, in a job before and name a time where you've led somebody. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, I lead leaders, like whoever, like whoever this guy's manager's manager was, I could probably mentor and coach at this point. So I was thinking, with, I am in all the experience from freaking all those summers. Yeah. And I was thinking this what am I doing here? Like, why am I sitting here? Like it hit me like a brick wall. Like I literally stopped him. Like I'm not one to interrupt anyone, but I was like, Hey man, it's great to meet you. Sorry to waste any of your time. I just shook his hand and I got up and I left middle of it. Like I just could, like I could not sit there through the whole thing. I was not going to complete that interview because how it was making me feel. So I got up and I was like, Hey man, thank you. But I just realized that I'm not where I want to be. I turned around and I walked out and I was driving down the road and I just, I was just thinking to myself, what am I, what am I going to do now? Like I need to be in a position of impact and, and to maximize my skill sets. And I still want to help grow other people. And so like, what could be the biggest challenge right now for me? And I saw, like, I, I thought in my head, I was like, what's something that I don't really want to do the most, but it's been in my head for a long time. And it was joining the military. And on that drive home, I just pulled off the highway and went into a recruiting office. And like, I knocked on the door and they like, let me in. They're like, Hey, can I help you? And I said, I'm Andrew Williamson and I'm going to join the military. And they were like, Oh, come on in. Cause you know, military recruiters would be like, yeah, they're all over. Right. Yeah. 
so they they throw a chair and they weren't doing anything you know they were probably playing like indoor cornhole or something just messing around in the office and they put a chair out in the middle and and they they circled the chairs all around me and was like asking me questions like why do you want to do this who are you what you, what's going on and i just like told them i was like i i want to have an outlet to where i can use all this this energy and, and really make a difference and an impact and i'm you know they're they're telling me the benefits and i took like this pre-test and so they gave me the pretest, and I, I scored extremely well on it. Um, on my ASVAB, I scored within the top percent in the in the nation. Mm. Um, which those who see me not sell a ton of books would would be like, "Well, what's going on here?" But like throughout school and growing up, I was always in like I was in the gifted program growing up, and like my st- anybody who knows me knows that my nose is always in a learning environment. So so my my stimulation there was I can really do great things here. So they tried to get me to come to the reserve army reserves or whatever. And, um, I called Jake cause Jake's actually a, um, mm-hmm. he's in the national guard as a black Hawk mechanic. And I think he's getting his pilot's license if he hasn't already. Don't quote me. Yeah, I, was, I saw that on Facebook. I was like, damn, good for you, brother. Yeah. yeah so, so I, I called Jake and I was like, bro, I, uh, I think I'm going to join the army reserves. So we're going to be like, we're going to both be like enlisted military. And he was like, oh yeah. Um, why the reserves? Like you should talk to my recruiter. He's a, like, a, he's in the national guard office. And he was like, I can just like, let him know. And he can talk to you just to see if there's any like differences and benefits. And so then uh, the staff sergeant called me and uh, we're good friends now. His name's uh, Staff Sergeant Chisenhall, and wonderful guy. And we talked and he was like, yeah, man, let's, uh, let's get you going. We'll, we'll pay for the rest of your schooling. Cause I stopped going to Mizzou back in the day when things were like too crazy. Um, and I wanted to focus on Southwestern or whatever. So I stopped my, my schooling at Mizzou. Um, and he was like, yeah, national guard pay for you to go back to school and give like pay you on top of that. And you can do like this officer training and then you get more pay. And I was just hearing all this stuff that I love, like leadership and like, being an officer in the military and I, I just that was me, that was me I knew it I knew that I could make an impact that way but I didn't I didn't want to go active duty I didn't want full-time and because I I will tell you probably by the end of this little session uh, my plans for the next five yeah. years uh, five yeah. year plan, which is super exciting so stay tuned because it's gonna be fire fire and desire so I went to uh I went home I told my parents and I said yeah, I'm joining, I'm joining the National Guard. I'm going to be in the Army. I'm going to be an infantryman. Because I asked him, my recruiter, I said, what's the hardest MOS, military op- occupational especially, that you can pick? And he said, well, infantry. And I said, let's do it. So we signed up for that. I decided to quit drinking. Sorry if this is a tangent off of the drinking thing. No, but, this is kind of sorry. Up. Part of the so, ponytail. Yeah, I, I got back and I, I thought, you know, I just spent 60 days drinking. I'm going to do a full year without drinking and just see how it changes the trajectory of my life. And after the first week, I was feeling good, you know, hydrated and healthy. You're going to notice like if anyone who, who abstains from drinking for amount of time or does a cleanse can and will tell you that it's amazing. Like it is once you have a drink and then you don't, you feel like you got so much energy back and like so much of you has returned because for a while, during partying and drinking over the years, I had not felt like me, the successful, like from school, like growing up, Andrew, like I didn't feel like, you know, even though I was doing successful things and, you know, 
enjoying my time, like there was a part of me that was just not as clear and crisp. So I said, I'm going to go a year without it. So I went to basic training and uh, it's called OSET. So infantry school is 22 weeks long. And it, it was challenging in, in different ways from Southwestern. And I don't know if I'd say equally as difficult, um, but, but they were challenging in their own ways. But things from, from directly from Southwestern, I used during infantry school. And I found myself like having PCs with, you know, 19, 20, 21 year old kids, even 26 year olds that were just in a lost point of their life. And they just said, they just, you know, enlisted in the military and they're away from their family who'd never have been before. They'd never been introduced to Southwestern principles. They were like from all corners of the United States. And I find, found myself almost like on majority of them's bunk at night, sometime throughout training, having a PC with them. And they would come get me from my bunk. And I was always reading a book or writing notes or hang, like having a good conversation with someone. They'd all just, they would seek me out in our little bay. And like, I just found so much impact there. And, uh, and that was so, that was so enlightening. So then after that was 22 weeks. So now we're at the six month mark when I graduated uh, infantry school. So I'd been a half a year, no drinking, and I felt great. I wasn't in training anymore. I was back home. I was about to be back in school. I was so excited for it because I love school. Um, so life just on a on an up. And then I got to a year of no drinking. School went great. I hit Dean's list first year back. And like, I was crushing. I was winning awards and certificates. And like, I was on a regional conference call for Pisces and business fraternity and won a, a lifetime membership for my leadership on our conference on a leaders conference. Crushing. And like, yeah, just at a rate that I was not used to the success. So I was just feeling amazing. And I can, I can say that a lot of it was because I was not drinking. And then I got to a year and I, I, I thought, no, I can drink now. This was, so this was my birthday last year. And I said, well, there's no reason to drink now. Like you should drink in celebration. And, and I, like, I talk to myself, I talk to myself all the time now because I, you know, I'm my best friend. We hang out all the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> cause I can't hang out with Andres cause he's all over the place. Sorry, bro. I'm sorry. So I decided to set a goal to where I could drink again. So uh, my goal was to, to bench 315. So three plates on uh, bench press and then I can drink again. Um, and I've stuck to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm closer than I've ever been now, you know, in, in the past few years, I'm stronger, faster, smarter than I've ever been in my life. And, uh, I can, I can say that most of it is, is because of not drinking, but I can say that a lot of it's from Southwestern too. So anyone who's thinking about it, give it a shot and stick to it. And you'll see all kinds of manifestations. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, it's a great internship for sure. Um, it's not perfect, but it's worth it for sure. Um, and I'm glad. I'm proud of you, dude. I'm proud of. I'm proud of that sobriety. Um, that's a I, again. It's not. It's, it wasn't one of those things that you did because it was like, holy cow, Andrew has a fucking problem. I'm like no, but but just you decided. Like again, back to that thing I mentioned earlier. Like something I love about you is just your ability, your desire to want to just improve yourself, to be to your desire to want to be better um and just beat yourself from yesterday just be better than the person you were 
the day before. So that's legit, bro. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Good for you. I, and, I, and I remember because I remember that <laughs> this is actually a pretty good story, too. I remember like hearing about this now is, is, is cool because I remember Danny's wedding and uh, <laughs> and uh, the hot tub story. Um, wait, I mean, is that something we should show? <laughs> should we share this one? Yeah, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> Seth, I, I, Seth Hood will have to listen to this. Yeah. So another be, one of my best friends in the whole world, and that sounds weird having a lot of best friends, but truly, like, there's gonna Just be good people. My wedding someday, there's gonna be like thirty groomsmen, but it's okay because <laughs> I'm in charge, right? Well, I won't. Right. Yeah, I was just saying. I'll be in charge of groomsmen. That's what you think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but, it's, but Seth Hood is, if you guys know Seth, you know that he's a hilarious dude, but also one of the hardest workhorses in the room. And yeah. one of my best bros, I cannot wait to catch up with him. He just uh, hit he some big. He had a great summer. He yeah, just made like $70,000 for, yeah. for some books order. Yeah. yeah. Super stud. So I cannot wait to, 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 to reunite with Seth after, after his summer. Um, so Danny and Asia are two of my best friends, obviously my brother and my sister. And, uh, I was so pumped to go to, to go to this wedding, which was this is in Vail, Colorado. Oh my goodness. Like the, the, it was from a, from a, like Disney princess movie like this, like it was amazing. Everything was gorgeous, of course, because you know, that's how Danny and Aisha are, is that they're very quality people. And, and man, just, just some of the best people you'd ever meet. Now they have a little blend of the two, Vaco, which I have not met yet, and I need yeah, to. That's um, great. So it's like another little nephew I can have is Vaco. So can't wait to see you, buddy, if you ever listen to this in the in the future. And so the if I can, Andres, can I start the day you before? Your, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is. I mean, it's not, it's not that crazy of a story, but it's just funny how it just all unfolded. So, so, j just like when Andres and I are together, we do a uh, we're like we're it's very like intriguing conversation, and like we talk to anyone about anything. Like it's it's great. Like we very, we are extroverted. We dig into people, and so so when when Seth and I get together, it's like. Find the craziest wild story that like we are there for the story. And and that's kind of how Jake, Jake and I are too. I, I want Jake and Seth to meet because you know, that'd, that'd be, be fun. Yeah. That'd be so we need just to do it. We need to get everyone together. And so, anyways, we wake up and we get there at night, and everyone's already partying when I get there. So I'm like late to the party. Danny's running around like his wedding's like the next day, so he's on a whole new level and it was just so good to see all my friends like having so much fun together. So immediately when I saw smiles in everyone's faces, it was, I was already fulfilled because I love my friends so much. Their happiness means so much to me. So I was just already vibing and it was just fun. So we woke up the next morning and people like get like have to get ready for the wedding and, and you know, Danny and Aisha are, you know, getting prepared and their parents and things like that. And uh, Seth and I are having breakfast together and 
it was a great breakfast. Like the bacon was like a quarter inch thick. I'll never forget that breakfast either. Holy cow. Uh, if I could find that place again, which I don't know if I'll ever remember that, but, and Seth and I were talking, we were like, Hey, let's go on a hike. So well, let's go climb a mountain is what we said. Um, cause we could just go on a hike, but we're the type that like, let's go climb a mountain. So we, we like went outside and we started hiking and we saw like this tall mountain. We were like, oh yeah, that's the one right there. So it's like 8 a.m., like maybe nine, like after breakfast and we're climbing this, <laughs> we're climbing this mountain for hours and the wedding's at four. It was at four yeah, o'clock. Isn't the, yeah, sometimes. I think the wedding was at four. And so we're, we're, on, we're on the phone with Danny and we're like, hey man, we'll be back this afternoon, like before the wedding and uh, we're just going on a hike real quick. So we're on this trail and then we go off this outskirt of this mountain down a hillside. And now we, we've been gone for hours. And uh, <laughs> we're in the middle of the wilderness, Colorado, like lost as all get out. <laughs> and uh, I don't think we had our phones on us either, which wasn't smart, but we were just really enjoying nature. But we did have a watch on and we looked down at the time and I, I don't know who did what at what point, but we were at the top of the mountain taking uh, tool picks because Seth, Seth's super into fitness as well. And so, so we're both, we both love to work out and, you know, grow and get better. So we're up on this mountaintop taking pictures of each other flexing. Uh, <laughs> but people who know us, they're just like, yeah, that, that sounds like of it. Of course, but, of course you were. Uh, yeah. So we were like, what, what angle gets the best shadow and light up here on the mountain? Like we were all about it. We got lost in time. So we didn't know where, like where the car was parked or anything. And you look down at the time we had like been gone for four hours and it was like an hour before the wedding. So we were like, yeah, we're not going to make it on time at all. So we called Danny and we were like, oh no, we didn't have our phones. So we had to call him when we got back to the car. So Seth and I take off running down this mountain. I mean, thorns are like, we were bleed. We were getting scraped up. Like we both had so many cuts on us. We were bleeding like out of our whole bodies, like falling down. Like it felt like we were breaking bones. Like we were definitely injured, both of us. Um, it was rough. We thought like a, a mountain lion was chasing us at one point. We grabbed sticks and we started pole vaulting like over, like down cliffs, like using that to impact our fall. Like we were trying to make it back to the vehicle as soon as we could, because we both love Danny to death and there's and Asia, and there's no way we would we could be late for this wedding. So we get back to the car, and we have 20 minutes before the wedding starts, and we're both bleeding and wearing rags at this point. We still have to go back to the lodge and change. So we get back to the lodge and we have 15 minutes to shower, change, and get down the road of the wedding. So it was like an episode of The Hangover, and yeah. <laughs> in all its own hilarity. Uh, so we were trying to get each other ready and like we were tossing each other stuff. Like we were a mess, like clean the blood up. And um, we finally like, we are ramming it in this car. We I don't even know how fast we were going. I don't even know who was driving. We were just flying. The tires weren't even touching the ground. And we pull up and we power slide in this parking lot. Seth was supposed to be the usher parking all the cars. So <laughs> I don't know who Danny got to do that last minute, but sorry about it. And so we jump out of the car. Seth's top bow tie is like all on, like around his neck crooked. So I'm fixing like Seth's tie, trying to get it right. And like we're tuck, like tucking each other in, trying to get us all dappered up. 
uh, hey, bro, your hair's like whacked up. And Danny comes outside and he's like, come on, come on. <laughs> we both run in and uh, we, we were like completely out of breath. And there's a couple seats left. And um, we, I think we sat down next to Austin Gerber and uh, the Weeble House, or I guess Justin and Crystal. Um, and we sat down and Brandon Q and Amanda Q, uh, they were sitting in front of us. And I just remember Brandon and Amanda looking back at us and Seth and I were just like, drenched in sweat like out of breath panting and like they look back at us and like look at each other and just shake their head and like distaste and uh <laughs> brandon and amanda i love you but uh, that was that was super funny i just i felt like you guys gave me good enough judgment it was it was bad so brandon and amanda are really good friends also and um, so that was day one that was the wedding then the wedding was perfect and beautiful and dinner was great and um, it was just phenomenal phenomenal wedding and we had a blast yes we did so then the day goes from good to great <laughs> was this the night this was the night of the yes, wedding that was the night of the wedding <laughs> so mr burke i'm sorry but seth and i had our due amount of wine that night and we apologize for it, but we love you too and uh we were feeling mr burke it. is mr burke is asia's dad yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> who, who is the most loving person also, right? Yeah. He's great. I Carrie, Love like, Jeff. You know, Love you, Jeff. If you ever listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we appreciate you so much. Um, so we, we're a group of us are in the hot tub and we're all like getting down. So, and so hold on. So hang on. So for context here, what Danny did is they got the wedding party um, to big old cabins in like Vail. And so we were staying. So at, the whole weekend we were staying there, but then once the wedding was done, people kind of like Ubered to and from where they were staying. But some people ended up at the, at the big old, it's like a mansion type house where we were at. And that's important to share because obviously had a hot tub for like, you know, eight people. It was a big old hot tub and yeah. everybody shows up. And I mean, the wedding, this is like it two in the morning at this point and everybody had been intoxicated i mean we were all drinking a lot that was one of the most most intoxicated i've ever been and and so i'm going to tell this part from my side and then you can tell what happened okay <laughs> actually yeah yeah so wait, wait well that well that there will be spoilers. no yeah no you should probably go first yeah okay <laughs> yeah you probably should go first so but for like context, that's where we're at. It's this big old house. And this place is nice, right? I mean, glass windows from ceiling to floor, like everything was like just real lodgy, but quality lodgy, right? And, you know, of course, um, like just just perfect. And, and I'm so happy for, for, for Danny and Asia for that. And so anyways, we're on this big hot tub that, that seats about... <laughs> it seats eight. But there's like, there's like 12. 20 people. Yeah. And so we're all getting slam boozled, you know, three ways towards the weekend. And, and one by one or two by one or whatever, people are like getting out of this hot tub, you know, here and there. Two o'clock comes around, three o'clock comes around. And so it got down to where it was Seth and I in this hot tub. And 
I look and we were talking about like deeps, you know, when you get to that level of drunk where you're talking about like the deepest things and it's like, I probably am not literate enough to be talking about this right now. Oh yeah. Um, which I'll, which actually some good ideas come out of those, that, that depth. Yeah. Of we, we've had some good episodes on that. <laughs> I, I bet. I mean, that's, that's a phenomenal thing. It's a phenomenon that happens. Uh, so I look over and, and, and I like come to, like, I guess I had like dozed off or like, I don't know. Like, in the hot tub. In the hot tub. And I like look over at, at Seth, who's one of the funniest dudes, right? And Seth's like drowning in this hot tub. <laughs> like his face is in the water, like bubbling, like carrots and stew. Like this dude is, is, is like drowning in this hot tub. And like, you can see like, he's like shaking and like his head's bobbing like an apple. And I'm like freaking out because I'm like blasted out of my mind. All I see is like one of my best friends drowning next to me in this hot tub. So I was like, I was like, Seth, wake up. But I was like too drunk to yell. So I was like trying to talk to him to wake him up. But I was like thinking about yelling. And I was like, Seth, wake up. And like eventually like I swam across this ocean of a hot tub to him. And like there's an inch of foam. And like I like picked his head up out of the water and like, and he was not saying words. Like you can tell he was alive. Like I was, I was like, thank God he's alive. Um, but he was not really talking much. And so, uh, I was like, I'm going to go get us some towels, man. We need to go to bed. It was like four o'clock. <laughs> it's like 4am. I was like, I'm going to go grab us some towels. So, so I jumped out of the, of the hot tub, like fell out of the side, like six feet into the snow. Cause it had been snowing out, which felt kind of good being in a hot tub for six hours. Like it feels good to cool off. So I like stumble into the house and I'm like gathering towels. And I think I woke someone up on accident and I was like, where are the towels at in this place? It might, yeah, it might've been Andre's. And, and I was like, where are the towels? And they're like, Oh, it's in that closet. So I grab them. I, and I come upstairs cause it was like downstairs and I come upstairs and I just, it sounds like a jet taking off. Like I didn't, I had no clue what was going on. It sounded like, you know, a war. And I look at the window, like against this big glass window and like a fire hydrant, the, the pool or the hot tub jets were shooting so hard out of the hot tub. It was hitting the glass side of the lodge. Like it was about ready to bust this glass, which probably would have been thousands of dollars of windows. And like, it's, it's shooting gets there and Seth's running outside on the patio, like running inside. Like, I think he was like stark nude or something at this, at He's this point. But naked. Yeah. He was slipping all over the place and like had like a t-shirt around his stuff. And I was, I ran out like with the towels and I threw him a towel and I was like, dude, what's going on? He was like, I don't know. I just got out of the tub and it just like started blowing up. <laughs> so meanwhile, like we're trying to figure out what happened eventually the water stops and and that and come to find out when they're looking at the hot tub i think the next morning out of the pumps they pulled the wine bag that we had slammed in the hot tub they pulled it out of the pump when we had drank the the wine we were all slapping the the bag and i guess we got so drunk that we left the bag in there floating around it got sucked up into the vacuum so that when seth got out when we both got out and seth got out the water level lowered enough to where it thought it had to pump more water into it so it started overcompensating because of that that yeah. bag was stuck in the in the vacuum for the water. And I on my end, I remember it was like it was four in the morning, and I remember waking up to what sounded like a thunderstorm because the jets were hitting. It just sounded like a lot of ton of intense rain. And I could like I looked up, I was like 
I'm at this point because I, I did not hit, hit the hot tub. Like we got back and everybody's like, let's go in the hot tub. I'm like, I'm just going to go to sleep. I was exhausted. I was drunk. I think I was high because we were doing edibles because we're yeah. in Colorado and it was like fine, you know, and you can't do that shit in Nebraska. Anyway, so we, so we, so I'm just sitting there and I wake up and I just see like water blasting this i'm like i'm i remember thinking to him like holy shit like is this about to like break this window and then like get everything wet and it's freak it's freezing outside because it was like i mean it, we were up in Vail and it was late october so by that point it's like already cold and then like i remember i'm like what in the world is going on right now and then it just stopped and i was like whatever i'm gonna go back to sleep and then the next thing i hear is the door opening someone slips and just bangs their head on the kitchen granite counter <laughs> and you just hear oh and then a, a shadow and then someone falls asleep on, i was on the couch in the living room where this isn't like it was just like a living room that looks out into the mountains through these windows and someone falls asleep whatever i went back to bed so the next morning so that's you you just explained what happened but for me i was like what the f whatever it just rained a lot no big deal and I wake up the next morning and I look over and Dalton, which is uh, Aisha's brother, was sitting on this couch. My youngest brother, so not Danny, but Julian, is on that couch. I'm on this couch and there's like a love seat and there's Seth just butt naked. <laughs> just just like, I think he had like a, t like a pillow covering the main part. Little towel or little pillow just covering <laughs> all of it. And he's just sitting there like, like snoring, just butt naked. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I wake up and I go over like, cause people, cause here, keep in mind, the people that were staying at this house was like my mom, like Yvette, right? Like, like other females. And I'm like, Seth, Seth, wake up. What the hell's going on? And he's like, what happened? What happened? And this is like 9 a.m. So people were still out. Everybody, everybody was intoxicated. So nobody was up yet. And I'm like, dude, what the hell happened last night? And he was like, I don't know. Ah, my fucking head hurts. And he had a bump. He was the one that slipped and fell. And I'm like, it, it was literally like the hangover. I'm like, what happened last night? And he goes, I don't know, dude. I don't know. And I look up at the window. And at this point, all the droplets had frozen. So like the window had like icicles, like like just throughout the whole and i'm like what did you guys do last night he goes i don't know and i go outside everything's wet the hot tub's empty and i'm like oh my god you guys fucking broke this hot tub and then the next thing i see like we're trying to people start waking up seth's got pants on and we're like trying to like Okay, this is what I heard like at four in the morning. People were like trying to pee. Well, I went to bed at three. So all the people started slowly going to bed and it was just you two at the end. Right. And and like we started trying to piece it together. And then the last thing that happens, we all look over. And so the where we were standing, you could like the staircase comes up and we just hear the stairs, someone coming up the stairs, and it's freaking you. <laughs> and your hair is just like all over the place you're you, you look like you had just been sleeping for 80 years and you you come up and you're just like and you're just in a towel and you're just kind of like in that like half asleep like scratching your face like and you're looking around like 
And then you see Seth and you're like, dude, <laughs> you just start laughing. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? And you start pointing at Seth and then you fill us all in and we died laughing. Just like tell that whole story. The night that Seth Hood almost died. Oh, man. And That's now and now you haven't drank for two years. What right, a good time. Yeah. How exciting. Damn, dude. Good stuff. Bro, I think uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's do a pony story. I think it's about time for the pony story, and then we can uh, we can sign off. What do you what, what do you got for me? Take your time. So um, let's see here. Do we want to do pony story of like a, a buyer pony? Dealer's choice. That'd be a pony, it. right? Yeah, that'd be a pony. It could be crazy. Brandon told us about the time he went to jail, <laughs> so it doesn't have to be a pony, but it could be like the 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 showstopper story that if you had five minutes or like five, 15, 20 minutes at a stand-up comedy festival to tell. Okay. Or like, or um, motivational speaking engagement or whatever. Like if you had, if you had to write one long story about this, about this story, this would be the one that you're like, this is the one. Yeah. Sounds good. I'll, uh, I'll split it in half and I'll do an anti-pony story and a pony story. Yeah. That's fine. You can do multiple. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. One of them, um, is kind of neg. But it's all that's right okay. because it's a good story, and that's Hell what we're yeah. here for—the tales, the tales yeah. of the poem, uh, which is pretty cool. And then the other one's just you know a little little funny one. I'll actually start with the funny one, um, because the the people who have sold books will probably be like, "Oh yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that happened. That this happened to me." Because that's how we all are, right? Like we're less impressed with the stories once we've had more stories, right? Right. Someone who sold for ten years is not as impressed as a first year is with funny stories. So. Um, that the one that I'll use for my pony story, um, is is pretty funny and it's similar to like what we hear in like keynote addresses. I think that uh, I think Rory Vaden's story is is kind of similar to mine in a way, um, but my, I lived mine, so it's funny to me. So maybe you guys will enjoy it as well. So, anyways, long story short, I, I pull up in this driveway down this dirt road. I think this is summer three. Well, which ended up being one of my better summers to that point, or my best summer to that point. And, and I was up in Maine, which was so beautiful. I, I just fell in love with Maine that summer. And uh, and I, it had been rough a couple times. I had an hour and a half drive to my territory, um, which is not the most fun if you know the commuting in the morning, especially when dropping off rookies and stuff. Um, you probably don't call them rookies anymore, right? Like younger salespeople because everything's more like, sophisticated. Um, they're rookies, okay? They've never done this. Um, yeah. So, so hour and a half commute, but but my territory was like driving into Narnia. It was like this wonderful, like magical, beautiful landscape that you, that you would see like off a of Cinderella or something. And uh, and this isn't a promo for Disney. I know I've mentioned Disney like twice. Like Disney, I'm not affiliated with you. There's a disclaimer and if you want to pay, pay me fine um so <laughs> i remember this one day like something had ha oh my debit card locked up because i was in a different state and i forgot to call and like get the security thing passed where i could spend money in a different state or something locked up on my debit card i wasn't carrying around cash because this was like pretty early in the summer and i had called my bank and ordered a new debit card but my bank's a local bank in missouri and it takes weeks to get things from missouri to maine via mail so I was waiting on a new debit card in the mail and I was just paying in, in whatever form of payment I, I received until my debit card got in. 
but it, it just so happened that I had no sales this week's like or this uh this day so far or whatever. So I, I was just scraping by, you know, I'm waiting on my debit card and I'm just kind of in a tough, pit, tough pickle. You know, I, I've been doing well, so it wasn't like I was broke or anything, but it was just like one of those windows where you're like, well, that's inconveniently timed. So I pull up this house in Maine. I'm, I'm just not feeling well and, you know, haven't sold anything in like two days. And uh, I pull up to this house and this like little or this black bears in the front yard eating out of a bird feeder. And I like slammed on my brakes on this gravel road in the middle of nowhere, man. Like the only thing I saw was a pine tree and a bird feeder. So it was like just nomming on the on the, this food out of this bird feeder. I was like, that's pretty cool. And uh, so I, I drove down the road a little bit. And I used to drive a 2003 Ford Taurus and it, it, it broke down like down this road. And this was like 20 feet away from where this bear was. So like I got out of my car and I had like my lunchbox Sperry's on. I was ready to rock, you know, like I'm third summer book, man. Like there wasn't anything. So I was glad that it happened to me. Like, you know, when things get rough, you're just like, oh yeah, yeah give, give me more. Like, hurt, hit me harder. Like you just want more. You want the rain to rain harder. You want people to say like be meaner. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I like, I like tough and hard. So I was like, yes, this is perfect. And then I was like, there's a bear like 20 feet through the woods that way. And I'm walking by foot because my car's broke down. So I called like a towing company. They gave me a price, whatever. It was way more than I had on me at the point. So I literally had to go sell books to pay for me to get a car or get my car towed to fix it. So I was out knocking on doors literally to get out, get home that night. So like, I'm not going to make it home because like, I think my, I, my phone was dead or something. It was everything added up to where you're just in that tough pinch. But anyway, Maine was super fun, right? And so I, I pulled down this this off this dirt road, and you know I hadn't sold anything that I need to, and you know the, my cars. I don't even know what road my car's on. It's out in the middle of the woods somewhere, but I didn't really care. They could keep it. It was a piece of junk. It broke down on me every day. So I'm just out there rocking in my boats and. Uh, I, I finally got my car to, to, to get fixed and I, I park it in this driveway. And, and I remember this because this little boy and he came running up to my car, like he knew, knew, known me. And he, he didn't have a single article of clothing on completely oh, naked. Shit. His whole stuff just, he was letting it all out there. You know, four-year-old boys like, yeah, they don't care. It. Clothes don't matter. Um, which is kind of how I'm getting to at this age now. And so <laughs> Good old I'm not going to nudist colony, I promise. Clothing optional at 29. <laughs> right. Yeah. And exactly. um, so I, I like jump out of the car and his little sister, probably two years older than him, jump like runs out and I'm like, Hey, could you guys go get your mother? And he was like, no. And I was like, no, no, please go get your mother. And the little girl had some common sense. She was a little older. So she ran, got got the mom. Mom comes running outside. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You, you guys all have seen, or a lot of you have seen yeah. you know, similar situations. So anyways, we. she was like, oh, come on up. Uh, you're the book man, right? And I was like, yeah. And I guess she had saw my Facebook posts and things like that. And she was like, yeah, my, my friend just bought from you like earlier. I said, oh, okay, cool. And she goes, I want to see what you have. Come on, sit down. So I go and I sit down with her. And the entire time that I'm giving my, is it presentation, demonstration? Yeah, yeah, your demo. Yeah, my sit down. So the entire time, 
this little boy is like a little monkey and he's like climbing all over me. He, I, I was wearing him as a hat at one point. Like he was sitting on, sitting on top of my head like a hat. <laughs> like he was upside down and the mom was just like shaking her head and she was a very nice mom, you know, very nice house, but it, she was hilarious. She was just like, I could get him down, but he's going to climb right back up there. And I was like, <laughs> I was, I was dying. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> This was great. <laughs> well, I was just like giving this demo. And by this point, I've completely ignored him. So if you were a passerby and you saw this situation, you would see that there's some goofy looking bookman in a polo showing a book to a mother and her child is sitting like a hat on top of the bookman. So not, not a common occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. Not not your everyday neighborly view. So anyways, he ends up, she put pajama pants on him and she was like, I have to put pants on this child. So she rips him up and he's like trying to push the pants back down. Like this kid is so off put by the fact that his mother was trying to, to clothe him. So she's like jerking these pajama pants up and he's with all everything his four-year-old muscles could do. Like he was not going to wear those pants. She finally like, like pulled him up so hard that it lifted him off the ground and like she was like do not take these off and there was like we were on a deck we were outside on a deck and we were sitting like 20 feet up in the air and there's like you know it's normal deck spindles and there's like a clothesline with clothes drying out, out. and there's like a little playhouse on on this deck and she's like man i, I really love this stuff yeah well i think i don't remember what they bought i think they bought the kids stuff they would have to have, but she was like, yeah, I'll get all this and, and you can deliver them. You just call me whenever you're delivering them to Nancy or whoever's down the street. And we'll just all pick them up. We'll barbecue and stuff like that. And, and for Good those moms. of you who don't know, if there's one thing I could do, it's set up delivery barbecues. Those who know me know that on my green cards, I would write out like the family recipes. And I would, I would say that like, you're not going to get your books unless this family recipe is waiting. And I, I was fed all like, I had one that same summer at the end of the summer, I sold eight people on the same block. They threw a block party with a live band for me. Good, it was crazy. Good delivery. Like, yeah, that, yeah, pretty good delivery. Um, can't even tell you the delivery percentage. I think I didn't even show up to the block party. They played without me. I just said, hey, are you going to have them all? I dropped them off. But anyways, so this kid runs over and he drops his drawers again. And mom is off like a rocket. She's, she went from frustrated to mad quick which I'm not a parent yet, but I was trying to, to have perspective, you know? And she went over and she like scolded him for a little bit. And she was like, hey, you better you better get these clothes on or, or else, you know, the mom talk. So she rips the pants up on him again. She's like, not one more time or we're not getting these books. And he was not about that. So um, he ran over and climbed on top of this, this playhouse that was on the deck. And he took his pants off and he threw them over the side of the deck. And this is like a 20 foot drop. So mom was going to have to go get them if, if anything. And she was like, Oh no, you didn't. And there's also like a little blow up pool on the deck. And he was like, this isn't fair and all this stuff. And he goes over to the clothesline and grabs all of the dry clothes and rips them off the clothesline and throws them in this blow up pool. <laughs> shit. And I am, I am floored. I had fallen out of my seat. I like, this is hilarious. Cause like, if I was the mom, I'd be mad because those clothes were dry. 
but yeah. not anymore because they were soaked and like she pulls all these sopping wet clothes out of the pool and drops them on the deck <laughs> and like picks up this pair of pants and like starts to put them on she's like that's it we're going inside and she like started to pull his pants up and he was like i'm going to pee on you and she was like you better not pee on me we have company right now and he's like no i'm going to pee on you so she like starts to pull his pants up and this kid lets it loose draws his name in cursive on her face with his urine like <laughs> he's just spraying it everywhere and she's like spitting it out and she's like oh my like it's in her like it's in her eyes she can't see anything like she can't even go get her checkbook she's just drenched in urine and this kid runs over like and start and he's still midstream running like it's going everywhere and he like throws it between the two spindles and is like like just spraying it off of this deck at this so it was a it was a hilarious little sit down. So that's my that's my little pony because they still bought even though she was soaked in his urine. Um, that's a little pony story. Damn. So, yeah, hope, hopefully y'all enjoyed that. But so so the and then real quick, and um, just to wrap up with the uh, with the not so enlightening story. Uh, this isn't one where the mom bought or anything, but my first summer when I had moved into that new house. I moved in with a new roommate, which I guess was not having the best summer as it was his second year. I won't mention names or anything. And I, I guess I guess he wasn't having the best time or, you know, he was. you could tell he was a little frustrated. Uh, we're still friends to this day, obviously, being roommates. And I, I haven't heard from him in a while, but if, if you're watching this, you know, reach out. You to know me. who you up. are. <laughs> yeah, you know who you are. Let's catch up. And um, but anyways, we had. He, he, We'd been in this like extra room, and this was the host family that the, the mom voicemailed me earlier, just so you guys are all tracking, you know, full circle, right? Yeah, this comes back full circle. Yeah, which is perfect. Old ponytail, yeah. Old ponytail. And and we're, I'm, I, I slept on the couch. He slept in like this queen size bed with like the perfect mattress, you know, just he was in a tower compared to my, like the cushions wouldn't even stay on the couch. So I was like sleeping on two different cushions, you know, that they're sliding different directions and it's like, you can't even yeah. sleep. Yeah. Welcome kind of to fall my into the crease of the couch. Yeah. 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 yeah you're going to, yeah. So anyways, one morning and there'd been some other things that have went on that was kind of frustrating, but the Sunday meeting that we had left for this, this happened on a Monday morning, I believe the Sunday meeting he had left his, his car was just, I'm sorry, dude, but you should not have brought that car to the summer. This thing, didn't have rear view mirrors, didn't have side mirrors, didn't have power steering fluid. So he had to pick his whole, he wasn't the largest person. So he had to pick his whole body weight up and like do like way down on one side of the steering wheel just to get this thing to turn around a corner. Um, so it was, it was bad. So we rolled it, it into this car. like, yeah, it was a book car that like had already had its last door. So <laughs> We, we were gonna we took my car to the Sunday meeting left his in a grocery store parking lot in this little like conservative country town it's country-ish and uh, on his steering wheel you know there's positive affirmations in his car on his steering wheel it said uh, if I don't get out of the house in 20 minutes it's going to blow up oh shit but to to a book person you're or to a southwestern person you see it and you're like oh i just got to be more on time and, and get out of the house is like not stay and talk and visit for so long so i can get on to see more prospects it's a, it's a perspective it's not actually going to blow up it's just like a mentality of get in 
do right. the thing, get out. Yeah. Which, which bystanders and pedestrians, they don't, they don't read that the same. They don't have the context. Yeah. So this car is in the middle of some grocery store parking lot all day. We get back and his car is like, we don't know where his car is. It's, it's like not there. I think, I, I think, but anyways, so we go to bed that night, the host family's house, 4 a.m. rolls around. And if, if you're, if, if you're anyone that, that knows to go to bed early on Sundays, like by nine or 10, but you go to bed a little earlier so you can get that full rest for your new week. If you get up at four, you're probably not going to be that happy. <clears throat> so I heard a knock on the door really loud. And now I think I was the only one that heard it because I was like closest to the door. And I like woke up and I looked at my phone and I saw like, yeah, it's, it's 4 a.m. Like, why am I up? I'm just delirious, right? You're on a, you are so on schedule. Your body yeah. knows when you're not woke up. up yeah. the same. I, there's a point in the summer you don't even need an alarm. You just get up right at the time. Yeah, it's, yeah. Exactly. So I look out, I look at the window and I see like these flashlights like going around that circle in the house. And I was thinking, this place is like is about to get burgled. So I look out like the back window and I saw like a, a silhouette of someone with the flashlight. And there's people on all sides of the house. Like we were surrounded. You could see the flashlights moving on all sides of the house. And I see the silhouette with like guns drawn. And I was like, we're about ready to die. So I jumped up. I had no clue what was going on. Not at all. Host family was asleep. And so I ran over and I woke, I woke my roommate up and I was like, dude, you got to wake up. And he was like, no man, go back to sleep. Like he was not about it. So I picked him up and I, like I kicked open the closet door and I threw him into the closet and I like shut the door and I was like, don't move. And I, I like ran into the kitchen to see what was going on. And the, the host family, like one of them, like they started banging on the door and, and it was what happened. It was the police that, that the host family answered the door to. And they asked to see my roommate by name, because I guess they ran the plates on his car because what had happened was someone read that note and called the bomb squad on his car. So there's a full SWAT team outside of our host family's house at 4 AM that woke us up and so that, that was that was pretty interesting morning. To, how did to it? How did it like get resolved? Like we, I mean, you guys. Well, they they had to take my roommate to go get questioned and see what was going on, make sure he was all right, and he had to explain like, no, it's just he had to explain like the actual situation. Everything ended up being okay, but it was just crazy, like just that that adrenaline of like there's Holy people with guns shit, outside the house. Shit, dude. Yeah. They thought it was a bomb. Yeah. Shit. If I had been your roommate, I would have gone to jail for life. They're like, he's fucking Colombian. <laughs> Put him away. Was wow. he was he was he white? This is gonna be. I, I don't want to step on any toes or like hurt anyone or be offensive, but I. I don't think so. I think Fair enough. Fair enough. If he listens to this, I don't know. I don't know. Fair I, enough. It's okay. That's good enough. I mean, he wasn't I, obviously I'm white. More pale than he is. I, feel, I see what you're saying. Got it. Yep. I'm with you. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Crazy. Damn, dude. That's a good story. That's a good one to put, to, to close it up on. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Just, that'll do. Dude. Holy heck. Well, 
Um, this has been a good one, man. I pre- I knew I knew when I was like, oh, I'm gonna have Andrew on. This is gonna be full of fun stories. We 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 need we need some more episodes like this. We we have a good mix, and this is this get this fits good into the variety that we what we want. So this is good. This is really good. Uh, did you have fun? Was this all right? Oh yeah, this is this is amazing. It's great just to see you and hear your voice. I mean, happy um, birthday, and I love you, brother. Happy birthday to you. We didn't get to what your five vision plan is, but we're so we'll have you back and we'll probably have you back with Jake so we can share. Plus, you'll be more well on the way into it. So we'll have to have you back on and you can help out with Jake because that'll be a really fun episode with Jake. Uh, You guys can share some fun book stories. Um, We'll wrap it up here, but uh, a couple of announcements and this will be at the beginning of the episode as well. Um, We're doing so this is our last obviously our last September episode as of tomorrow. so starting Saturday, the first episode of Saturday, we are actually going to go live with our fundraiser that we're putting together. So in October, we're doing, a, if you haven't heard by now, we're doing a full all book chicks, book badass women um, guest list. And so for the entire month of October, it's only going to be uh, awesome book ladies who are going to share what they're doing, what they're up to. But it's uh, for supporting uh, breast cancer and so or breast cancer research. Um, and so we're going to have a do- some donations that are going to go. Uh, we're going to have a fund. We got a we get a we're going to my it, I don't know, we're probably going to use a, we're going to create a Venmo for the podcast um, that's already being set up right now. And so uh, when that link goes live, people can go donate. Uh, we're going to have a large majority of the donations go to we're do it's obviously a fundraiser. A uh, large majority of the donations are going to go towards uh, Men Who Wear Pink, which is an organization um, that is ethically known for just really doing a good job with the funds that are donated towards towards that effort. And so that's going to be super awesome. We're excited to have that kicking off. We're going to have Courtney Buck. Uh, she's going to be coming live to us from Ooh. London. So that's really cool. It'll be uh, she's she's doing a marathon. She's doing her own fundraiser, and she's gonna be able to talk about that. So if you guys are in the giving mood in October, uh, the Ponytails Podcast uh, is a place to be to learn where to do so. So she's gonna be running a marathon, uh, in an effort to also raise money uh, for charity as well. So we'll have her on. She'll be coming, like I said, live from London. That's gonna be super exciting. It's actually gonna be on Saturday. It'll be a special Saturday episode because her race is on Sunday and the scheduling efforts just didn't work out for Sunday. So it'll be live on Saturday. We'll make this announcement on our Instagram. Speaking of which, make sure you follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, subscribe our YouTube channel, and get more more uh, more more videos of this quality of humans um, like Andrew Williamson that we've been with. Make sure you subscribe. Um, and then other, otherwise you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Really, we're, we're all over the place. So, uh, Also, merch is coming up. This is a really cool uh, hat that I had made for this episode, especially. Um, and so more be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah, man, super fun to have you on, bro. It's always a good time to be catching up with Andrew Williamson. So um, if you want to keep following him, he is currently... He has a lot of stuff going on. So just look him up, Andrew Williamson, on Instagram so you can keep up with Andrew, Andrew and his like endeavors. Um, and with that, I'm going to wrap this up. Y'all have been, uh, hopefully you guys have had fun with us. And uh, Andrew, thank you so much, brother. Thank you for being on. Looking forward to the next time I get to see you. Give me a, give me a big old hug. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Peace out, everyone. Good night.